Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode slash chapter of the podcast. Here am out. I'm here with two special guests, my dad, my father, Joshua Mendez, and then I got my brother here, Jacob Mendez. We're here to talk about everything NFL after what happened in the playoff weekend that we had, wild card weekend, and then the Giants, Giants offseason that we have going on when it comes to the GM search. We have what's going on with their new head coach, possibly. We have what went on in the playoff weekend from San Francisco, beating down Dallas in Dallas, Pittsburgh and New England getting blowout went well, Pittsburgh getting blown out, New England getting blown out, as well as Cincinnati with a big playoff win, Tampa Bay with a win. We'll go over what happens in tonight's game between Arizona and the Rams, and we'll go over plenty more in this episode of the pod. But I appreciate you guys tuning in for another episode. And um, I wanted to ask my two guests how they're feeling today. How you guys feeling? Feeling good today. Yeah, I'm good. Good. All right. So, what'd you guys think of uh, playoff weekend? What we what transpired starting off on Saturday with Cincy's big win versus the Raiders? Uh, basically, a coming out party, I think, for Joe Burrow. I mean, he's been playing great during the regular season. Yeah. Um, they just proved it, man. I mean, it's actually a good matchup. Him and Carr. Carr didn't play horrible, you know. Yeah. But um, Burroughs, I mean, he's like he looks like the next elite QB, man. You know, has a decent, he has a good arm, not the greatest arm, can mm-hmm. move, but he's not the greatest mover. But he's got a set of balls on him, man. He just he throws it up. He like he doesn't care. Like he's he's just he's fearless. He's fearless yeah. in the pocket. He's fearless throwing the ball, and that's a big part of being a good quarterback. And he's you know he's showing that. I think it also proved that. Like, if the Giants had a decent quarterback, yeah, like, since his offensive line is either just as worse or probably worse than the Giants' offensive line, and you see what they're at at this point, when you put playmakers around him, you put Jamar Chase, you put the uh, Boyds and uh, T. Higgins and Mixon around him, you see what he was able to, you know, take Cincy to, take him to a playoff one and a playoff win, you know. So I think it's huge for Cincy. I just think that, you know, the Raiders, you know, were able to get in by, you know, very at the end of the season, nobody really anticipated them to be a playoff team after what transpired with Henry Ruggs and the changing of coaches with John Gruden. Um, I just, you know, unfortunately, I didn't really see the Raiders coming out of this with a victory. I thought since he was going to win uh, the whole time. But, you know, since he's an up and coming team, I don't know if they win the Super Bowl this year, but it definitely was a big win for them. Yeah, uh, I think Cincinnati played very well again. Shows you how to properly rebuild the team. Cincinnati was bad the last two, three years. And this year they win the division, make the playoffs. They got their elite quarterback. So that tells you the difference with all these teams, elite quarterback play. Since Cincinnati's line isn't really that good. They don't have a stud offensive lineman, but they have stud playmakers, stud quarterback. And you can see their defense kind of thrives off of that because their defense doesn't have stud players like that either. Besides Trey Hendrickson, Jesse Bates, but, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when you have a good offense, your defense thrives, and Joe Burrow's really elite, and uh, they are very, uh, very. Uh, they showed the. I think they showed the blueprint as to how you rebuild the team effectively. Yeah, no, I agree with that, and it all happened in one playoff. I mean, one, one offseason. So for them to get their offensive line okay, you know, they they added pass rushers on the defensive end. You know, B.J. Hill, former Giant, made a big impact. For Cincy this whole year, um, they added Mike Hinton. They added a couple of other corners that have done a good job. Um, but, yeah, since he did well. And, you know, they got to give them props for their big playoff win. Um, now, last night's game was kind of garbage between Kansas City and Pittsburgh. Um, Pittsburgh really didn't have a shot. And it was probably the least exciting game out of the weekend. The Eagle game was pretty bad, too. Yeah, that one was bad as well. Um, I just felt like Pittsburgh, like, really – like, the Eagles you knew had no shot, but, like, Pittsburgh really had no shot with how Roethlisberger's been playing. So, was that more about the Chiefs' offense looking really good or Pittsburgh just not that good of a team? I I think uh, the the Chiefs have been, I think, ahead of the curve the NFL for the last couple of years. I think it's hard to – really defend them. I mean, I know earlier in this year they had their offensive problems, but you see that only lasted two, three weeks or so, and then they got it together. I think they're really hard to beat. 
especially when they're at home in Arrowhead. It's a very hard stadium to play in. Uh, you know, I think the Steelers got in. Props to the Steelers. I think they had they have a great defense, great pass rusher, TJ Watt. Uh, Roethlisberger is basically washed at this point. Uh, he made it there. Uh, his last game was in the playoffs. They have they have good playmakers. They have Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris, uh, Chase Claypool. But I think their defenses would really carry them to playoffs. And I, I I think I think any seven seed, whether it was the Steelers or the Chargers or the Colts, they would have went into Arrowhead and got pummeled too. So I think it was the most likely outcome, no matter the team that was there. Yeah, and Roethlisberger too. I mean, he's going out. He's he's the last player from that that big time draft that uh, years ago from Eli and Eli's already retired. Uh, uh, Philip Rivers is retired, and now Ben. Um, he's the last of that class to still be playing as far as a big time quarterback. Which, which we look back at as one of the greatest quarterback drafts to ever happen, especially yeah. considering the, the bums that have been coming out lately. That's outside true. of a couple of players here and there, but um, it was cool seeing Ben go out. I mean, that's it. I mean, it's, it's done for him, obviously, and the Steelers going to have to move on. They're going to be one of the teams that's in the market for a quarterback next year because they're not they're not a horrible team. I don't think they need to be rebuilt. No, but um, uh, they're like in, you know they like the most teams in the NFL. You know, there's like a there's like you know six to eight teams at the top who are really good. There's like maybe like six to eight teams at the bottom that are really good. I mean, really bad. And you got the middle, which is where the majority of teams sit at. It's yeah. like this: you're trying to swim out the middle. That's mm-hmm. what a lot of these teams are doing. And Pittsburgh is one of those middle teams. That's true. I mean, you saw their offensive line kind of stinks. And your new offensive line. They traded away Villanueva, or they let him get signed. Um, they just, you know, they have a young offensive line, and who knows? It's one of those teams that I think, with a quarterback, they can make an impact. You know, same thing like Denver. If Denver had a better quarterback. Who knows? They could have been in the playoffs. Uh, but, you know, Roethlisberger was kind of past his years. Um, I kind of like what Eli was his last year or two with the Giants. Um, it was kind of, you know, just a going out party for him. It was nice that they actually made the playoffs. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't Pittsburgh's year, ultimately. Uh, do you guys think that Kansas City has a shot to make to the Super Bowl again this year? Or is it not they're not due to injuries? You know, Tyreek Hill's out. Their defense has been, you know, good some days, not so good other days. Uh, what do you think? Do you think they got a shot of making it out the AFC? Are they the, you know, the all the favorites? I think, I think ultimately Kansas City. I think probably has the best chance. I mean, Tennessee is an interesting team. Uh, I like they have home field advantage, but I don't really know if that matters so much. I mean, Kansas City is just they have a. They have probably the best offense in the league. They can score and shoot from each way. They have the best offense in the league without really much of a running game, which makes it even better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think the Titans – I mean, the Titans, that looks like the most likely AFC matchup, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals go into Tennessee next week and beat the Bengals – beat the Titans, sorry. Beat the Titans. We get a Bengals-Chiefs conference championship. But either way, I think Kansas City's – I think Kansas City's my favorite to make it out of the AFC. Uh Tennessee may be right behind them. I like Tennessee's running game. If Derrick Henry comes back, that's a huge difference. But uh, I'm liking Kansas City. Just they have Patrick Mahomes. There's no quarterback in the AFC that's comparable to Mahomes. I mean, Joe Burrow is probably right behind him. But I don't think Burrow has the offensive line that Mahomes has. Uh, and I don't think Burrow – I think the defense of Cincinnati and Kansas City are very comparable. But – I think I kind of trust Kansas City's defense more to create turnovers than Cincinnati's, but I would say Kansas City's my favorite to come out the AFC. Yeah, you look at this, what, four teams left in the AFC, correct? Mm. Uh, Bengals, Titans, Bills, Chiefs, right? Yep. Uh, three out of those four teams have big-time quarterbacks. Tannehill is like, you know, mid. He's mm-hmm. really mid. Um, it's going to be basically the tale of quarterbacks going forward. I mean, who's going to be the one that's going to, you know, do I think, you know, the, the Chiefs probably have – well, if Tyreek's Hill out, if Tyreek Hill is out, then, I mean, that, you know, that brings the talent level down for them where it's more – they're more even. Mm-hmm. But I think any one of these teams could come out. I mean, I could see Burrow getting hot and beating everybody Yeah, I mean, the way he's played this year. I could see Allen coming off a damn near perfect game. I think it was the first game that they scored as a perfect offensive game in the yeah. history of the NFL That's with crazy. no punts, no turnovers, no fumbles, no interceptions. 
Not and even no, any field goals. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Every every single drive was a touchdown. Yeah. But again, that's a, you know, I don't want to say flash in the pan, but that, that that's not going to happen every week. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be. T- this, there's some great, great, great games next week. Great games. Yeah, that's true. It's it's going to be huge. Uh, speaking of Buffalo, they blew out New England in Buffalo. It's freezing temperatures over there. Felt like negative six, I think. And it was just crazy how they scored on every single possession. Like, it's unheard of in the NFL for a team to score a touchdown every single possession. And Josh Allen looked like the man. New England kind of got the best of Buffalo in that one game in Buffalo where it was freezing and all they did was run the ball in New England. Um, but it was kind of Buffalo kind of, you know, showing who's the big brother at this point. I guess New England. New England's up and coming. You know, this is Mac Jones' first playoff game. Uh, you know, this Bill Belichick's rodeo. He's been around this so many times. But, you know, Josh Josh Allen's been there, done that as well. You know, they were so close to making it to the Super Bowl last year and a tough loss against Kansas City. Um, Buffalo, if they can get all their stuff, to, they seem like they're running the ball way more. Singletary's getting way more uh, rushes. So he's making way more of an impact. So if they can get more of an even um, offensive playbook of, you know, running the ball as well as passing the ball, then I think Buffalo has a real shot of making it out of the AFC. Uh, I think I would choose them over Kansas City at this point. Kansas City hasn't been able to stay healthy, unfortunately. Uh, And Pat Mahomes is great, uh, probably the greatest quarterback we have right now in the NFL. You know, I mean, you got Rodgers, you got Brady. Um, But he has had a little bit of a sporadic year with um, trying to force the ball a little too much. Buffalo is a defense that can kind of take advantage of that, especially with their backfield with uh, Micah Hyde and uh, Poirier as their safeties. So I don't know. It should be a very interesting uh, AFC matchup. Now, for the uh, NFC, big game from yesterday that I was looking forward to, and I know a lot of people were, San Francisco beat down Dallas in Dallas. Uh, Kind of a shocker, kind of a surprise, the way Dallas has been playing all year. Their defense has been playing extremely well with their, you know, their up-and-comers and Michael Parsons and Travion Diggs. You know, two players that are in contention for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, what did you guys think of the the beatdown? I don't want to say beatdown, but uh, the defeat of the Dallas Cowboys by the hands of the San Francisco 49ers. I think I was – I I kind of told myself the whole week that the 49ers were going to win this game. Uh, mm. I like the way the 49ers play. They're outside zone. They run a lot of play action. Try to get the running backs involved. Debo Samuel – think is probably, I mean, in a, maybe next year or a year or so, he could be the best running back and the best receiver in the NFL. Right now, he's excelling at both. They're, they're just so multiple. I mean, the one thing that holds him back is Garoppolo. Garoppolo's not that good, but the fact that they're winning in spite of him just shows you how good they are. I mean, how they're run as an organization. They're, they're another team that's been consistently, you know, they were bad for two, two years, rebuilt. Now they're back in the playoffs. They went to the Super Bowl. I mean, I just like everything about the 49ers. Their defense is good. They have Fred Warner. They have Jimmy Ward, Nick Bosa, who's really good, Eric Armstead, uh, Aziz Al-Shair, uh, all those guys. Elijah Mitchell, who they got in the fourth, fifth round. Debo Samuel, who they got in the fourth round. Jawan Jennings, undrafted free agent. Uh, you have a great old line, Trent Williams, Mike McGlinchey. All those guys shows you how they properly built the team. That's why I kind of expected them to win yesterday. I don't know if that was a shock, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Dallas, I, I, I wasn't confident in Dallas. I mean, I thought their offense had been pretty mediocre this last month of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they scored they scored 27 against New Orleans, 27 against Washington, 21 against the Giants, 56 against Washington, which was the big game on Sunday night. Then they scored 25 against Arizona, 22 against Arizona, and then 51 against Philly, which was they had mainly their backups playing the whole game. I saw Dallas offense was falling off, really. I I don't Ezekiel Elliott isn't as good as he used to be. Uh, I mean, I don't think Mike McCarthy's a good coach. I don't like their offensive scheme. They don't use motion a lot. They don't use outside zone a lot. They don't they don't move Elliott around. They don't like I I just feel like they're a stagnant offense. They've been a stagnant offense, and I don't think they're gonna go anywhere as long as McCarthy is their coach. They need to change up their scheme. And yeah, that's all I gotta say about that. What do you think of the QB run that they did? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. 
what the the, the quarterback yeah, draw. The, the, the last what, what with the illegal seconds? formation. No, where the, the quarterback last, draw. I mean, yeah, where Prescott ran. Like, oh, yeah. They, at think, the end of the game, where they, the ref, you know, the refs got to touch the ball. Yeah, and he probably should have just handed the ball to. Her. I don't know if it would made much difference. I mean, at that point in the game, we need a touchdown. You got no timeouts. Yeah. Even if they get the ball, maybe they get. They only got one more play in the end zone. Yeah. I mean, people make a lot bigger of a deal than it was. They were scrambling anyway. The odds weren't in their favor to win that game anyway. With that, um, I just found it funny watching Garoppolo. You know, like. He's funny because he's like a quarterback that's just good enough, you know? Yeah. Remember when he played Kansas City, he had that big throw. If he makes that touchdown where he's just out of the reach of the receiver, it was wide open in the end zone. Kansas City doesn't even win that Super Bowl. Yeah, that's true. Yesterday, he had a wide open throw also on a third down to Ayuk. If he hits that, the game is not even in contest. Yeah. And even yesterday, with the illegal formation, when they they went to get the quarterback sneak, Mm -hmm. that's also the end of the game. But he went too fast, didn't realize his left tackle didn't get set. Hike the ball, and that illegal procedure isn't on, on the talk on the tackle, it's on the quarterback. That's true. So it just shows you that you know your quarter quarterbacks hold so much. I mean, he there's times where he's really good, and there's times where he's you know he's mediocre. It's just it's funny, but the thing is with them, they're weird because they have a lot of players that have been together for a while, and you gotta be careful with them. I mean, they can they can pop up and put a game on you. They're not, you know, they're not some random, they're not a seven seed like the Eagles or you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers were. Yeah. They're gonna give you a game. I mean, especially if they if Bose is healthy, he comes back. They they got game records on their team. Make no mistake about it. They got people who could ruin a game. But again, they got to be healthy and they got to play up to up to their levels. You know? That's true. And I mean, Garoppolo's kind of one of those middle of the road quarterbacks who you know is really you know making the throws when need be, and he has the right players around him. Like Jacob was saying, um, the fact that. This team was built with you see contributors coming from the fifth round, sixth round, undrafted, seventh round. They didn't have to pick a running back second. They didn't have to pick a wide out, you know, um, you know, it's a top 20 pick. And, you know, they don't have those type of players. They find players in every single round. San Francisco's a, a great team when it comes to team modeling. They, they find players and they become contributors. I don't think Fred Warden was a high pick. Bosa was a high pick, but, you know, the guy is a game record. He's a pass rusher. You, you pick those type of dip guys when they're available and you're uh, sitting at the top of the draft. Um, but it was, you know, Dallas, again, you, they do good in the regular season and they flop in the postseason. This has happened consecutively since, you know, before, you know, in the 90s when they had Troy Aikman and all that. But they, they haven't really been consecutive at all. And they're a good regular season team, and again, they they beat themselves up. Fourteen penalties, I think, yesterday, or thirteen. So how you gonna how you expect to win a football game, especially in the playoffs, when you got that many penalties that at home, self forced errors, exactly at home. And you know, they, there's gonna be a lot of Dallas fans gonna be like, oh, you know, the refs, they were they were on us this game. You know, if if the refs would have called the game more evenly and more fair, we could have won. Like San Francisco did everything in their power to let Dallas come back in that game and give them a shot to win. And Dallas just couldn't, you know, they couldn't close it out in the long run. And San Francisco played like the better team, and the better team won, I think. San Francisco was getting a lot of pressure on Prescott, too. I mean, just me, again, I don't know no stats or nothing like that. Just watching the game, it looked like they were able to get mm-hmm. consistent pressure on them, you know. But, again, again, that, that's what wrecks games, you know. When you could get – San Francisco does things that nobody else does. They they rush four and get pressure with four. Mm-hmm. Meaning they could drop back everybody else in the coverage. There aren't a lot of teams that could do that. That's what the old, like the old Giants model, you know, yeah. rush for and then drop everybody else in the coverage, and it gives it gives opposing quarterbacks problems. And that's what you saw yesterday. You saw Prescott who wants to throw, uh, but again, they couldn't they couldn't complete passes because I mean, and the one play that they did blitz was at the end uh, where you know he got hit, and you know, just, you, it's just it's hard. It's, San Francisco is it's a weird they're a weird team where I think they could. They could lose a, a surprising game, but they could win. I could see them winning any one of these games they got coming up. Yeah. But I could also, also see them, you know, Aaron Rodgers getting hot and being down 21 zip. But it's, it's their weird team where they have a lot of talent. I mean, you look across that roster, they got a lot of talent, man. That wide receiver at running back, Garoppolo's, you know, more better than average. I mean, he's better than like Jones or something like that. Yeah. But I mean, you just got to watch it with them. They're a weird team. They're a team that, again, that can step up and do anything, but they can also lose. So. 
Well, they, they say that, you know, running the ball, this, this is one of the top rushing teams, too. They, you know, running the ball works well in the playoffs. If you're a team that runs the ball well and plays defense well, those are the type of uh, teams that, you know, can make a run. And they're going to need it next week. I mean, they're going to play Green Bay in Green Bay in January, so you got to figure number yeah, one is going to be tough. freezing cold. At the very least, it's going to be cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not you're going to get, you know, snow or freezing rain or something, that's up, up in the air. But damn well, in Wisconsin, is going to be cold. Yeah. No, for sure. There's definitely going to be freezing up there. So it should be a very interesting matchup. Uh, last game that happened that I guess we talked about very sparingly, but uh, Tampa Bay with a win over Philly. Uh, really, Philly just looked like they had no shot in this game. They looked like the underexperienced team, the undermanned team, uh, the team that just looked like they had no shot against Tampa Bay, kind of similar to Pittsburgh here. Um, I mean, you see – uh, Tom Brady doesn't have a lot of his weapons. Godwin's out. They still got Evans and Gronk, but Antonio Brown had that whole scandal when they played the Jets. Um, I think he's out. Like, I think is Ronald Jones and Fournette are both hurt. Tristan so, Wirfs got hurt yesterday, too. That's another big that's loss. That's a big loss. So, you know, Brady. They already got no Antonio Brown they, without uh, yep. the other wide receiver who they lost. Uh, they Godwin. lost Godwin. Godwin. I mean, they're down to Mike Evans, Gronkowski. A couple of. Undrafted yeah. practice squad receivers. That ain't easy to win with. You know, I know Tom Brady's Superman, but I don't know, man. If they if they end up winning next week and then you know end up playing Green Bay, I, I don't know if they're gonna be able to pull that one out. Um so yeah, we'll we'll move on to the, the game tonight. Um Arizona and the Rams. I honestly think this could should be the most interesting fun game of this weekend, uh between two high scoring, high powered offenses, uh two well one defense that we knew was really good for the past couple of years in the Rams and the Arizona defense has really came along this year. Um, who do you guys think is has the advantage in tonight's game? I think both these teams are really weird. I mean, I I I they I think they're Jekyll and Hyde teams. One week the Rams look like they're the best team in the NFC. Week after they're not playing defense. Matt Stafford looks terrible. Uh the Cardinals are the same thing. One week they look like, oh, top five offense, maybe better than the Chiefs, and then next week they put up 10 points. I think these teams are both on and off. I have no idea who's going to win. I mean, I I think I'm going to go with the Rams because I like their defense a little more than the Cardinals. I think mm-hmm. the Rams have Donald, Ramsey, Miller. I think they'll get pressure. Murray, play a little contain. Hopefully he doesn't run around. But it's a pretty even matchup. I mean, I think – uh, my in my prediction, I don't whoever whoever places whoever faces Tampa Bay, I think Tampa Bay is going to be any one of these teams. I think these teams are just too unpredictable either way. Uh, I I I wouldn't be surprised if it's a low scoring game just based on how these two teams have played. But the interesting thing is that the Cardinals are were I think seven and one on the road this year, and I think three and four at home or three and five at home. So maybe that gives them a little bit of advantage. But I just I think I trust Sean McVay more than Cliff Kingsbury. Kyler Murray's first playoff game, Kingsbury's first playoff games. McVay's been doing this for a while. Stafford's been doing this for a while. I think they have the better weapons. I don't, I don't know if DeAndre Hopkins is playing. I know J.J. Watt's coming back tonight. Not sure about Hopkins, but I'm liking Cooper Cup, Odell, Stafford. They have Cam Akers back, which is another big game too. Uh, I'm going to go with the Rams tonight. I like them. Yeah, I mean, if you're the Rams, you gotta, I mean, you got to win this game. I mean, all the, all the draft picks that they gave up, I mean, this is going to be a big game for Stafford, too. I mean, this is a career-defining game. Yeah. I mean, he was always looked at as a good quarterback, but never great because he couldn't elevate Detroit, even though Detroit's a mess with the mm-hmm. GM and the, and everything else. So a lot of eyes are going to be on him. I mean, he has supposedly has everything he needs. I mean, he has the weapons. Uh, the offense, offensive line is, is decent. This is going to be a big referendum on him. I mean, he here he is. This is probably – this may be his last – maybe the Rams' last chance – to compete for a Super Bowl here because they gave up a lot of a lot of uh, picks going forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're gonna be they're gonna be out of the first round for a little bit. Uh, I mean, this is it's now or never for them. I mean, most of their players are high priced, you know, veterans or, or big price tags. When you go to Stafford, you know, Odell, you know, Cooper Cup, Von Miller, Von Miller. I mean, Jalen Ramsey. I mean, they got a lot. This is a now team. This isn't a yeah. team that's gonna be around making noise in two to three years. They gotta win now. That's and that's why it's a big game for them. First in the NFC West. And the problem is Arizona's you, – you can't – with a kid like Kyler Murray, you don't know what the hell is going to happen. I mean, he could go out there and 
throw three picks, so he can light your ass up with four touchdowns and 100 yards rushing. That's true. And he's the one player. He's a, he's a dynamic player who could change everything. It's very – that's what I'm, I'm looking at a point of view from Stafford's point of view. I want to see if the veteran can get it done. You know, languishing in Detroit for all those years, he's finally got an opportunity to be on a winning team. Let's see what he does. This is where if you're a great quarterback, you win this game. Yeah. You know, you win this game. You're at home. You got all your people there. I mean, you got a guy who almost damn near caught 2,000 receiving yards. He's healthy. This is where you put your stamp on. You win this game, and, and you go forward. No, yeah. I mean, I mean, we see with Stafford. The Stafford's uh, the type of quarterback who kind of tries to do a little bit too much sometimes. I mean, we saw that with San Francisco last week where instead of, you know, they were driving and could have won the game. But what does Stafford do? He tries to launch a 50, 40-yard pass to OBJ, ends up getting intercepted as it was on the throne. So uh, Stafford's one of those quarterbacks, man. I, it, the lights are going to be bright on him. Is he going to be able to overcome that and, you know, show that he belongs in the big dance as these other quarterbacks, that have, the Rodgers, the Brady's, uh, I guess the um, uh, the now you know the Colin Murray's you know the Joe Burrows you know that are you know up there as elite quarterbacks. But if Matthew Stafford's always been that level underneath, I believe. Um, it's just a matter of now he's with a really good team around him. You got the receivers, you got the running backs, you got the defense. Like there's no excuses for Matthew Stafford at this point. Offensive line has been playing well for the Rams. Honestly, it's 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 put up or shut up for the Rams, in my opinion. And you know, the Arizona's kind of more built on the future, you know, with Kyler Murray being the younger quarterback. Um, but it this is a game that the Rams should win and need to win, I believe. Uh, but let's see what happens. Let's let's see what happens. Um, last question before I get into, uh, get into a little break here. Um, pick for the Super Bowl. And what two teams and who wins? Uh, Jacob, you could go first. Oh, uh, okay. I think the Packers are going to come out of the NFC. I think this is this has to be their year. They lost last year to Tampa. Lost to the Falcons in the, in the NFC Championship a couple of years ago. I think they're always in the NFC Championship. They always lose. I think this is their year. Aaron Rodgers, before the season, called this his last dance. Maybe they'll win like the Bulls in their last season. But I got... Packers coming out the NFC and coming out the AFC. I'm still gonna go with the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are gonna come out the AFC. I just I'm um, I'm not gonna doubt Mahomes or Reed or any one of those guys that got over there. I'm gonna go Packers, Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and I think this is the Packers year. I'm gonna go with the Packers over the Chiefs, Super Bowl Fifty Six. All right, Dad. Uh, my heart. I want the Bills to win. Yeah, the Bills from the I mean, I see you guys are young. Uh, mm-hmm. You guys weren't even born yet. I saw the Bills lose four consecutive Super Bowls. That's us. I mean, literally make it to four Super Bowls in a row and lose all of them. That's tough. And you know, it's they they lost a close game uh, to uh, the Giants, which is probably they had their best team. Where I mean, you can, again, you guys are too young, but they had they had one of the greatest offensive teams in history. You know, Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Andre Reed. They had Don Beebe on special teams. They were amazing. Um, I, my heart, I want the Bills to win just because I've, I've seen them suffer. And I really like Josh Allen. It just shows you it's amazing. The Giants actually had a chance to draft the kid. Mm-hmm. And they passed and it. Just, but anyway, um, I want the Bills to win. I'll take the Bills over the Packers in the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl and the Bills to win by a touchdown. Wow. Yeah, I mean, uh, it would be very interesting to see if the Bulls can win. Um, it would be huge for Buffalo. Um, the fans over there are crazy, throwing themselves through tables and all that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I think Buffalo, it to me, is the best shot in the AFC because I think they have the all-around team. I think uh, Cincy is a little too young of a team right now. This is not their time yet. Kansas City, I just – this year, like every other year, I would have said yes to Kansas City. But this year, I just don't really trust them as much. Um, and then, you know, I, I just I just believe that this is uh, Buffalo's year to, you know, uh, win. I think this is his – this is the shot to win the AFC. Uh, I think for the NFC, um, I, I you know, San Francisco puts in a legit argument here to uh, really make it to the – Super Bowl, I mean, as the lowest seed, I wouldn't shock me. Um, 
So I, I could see San Francisco. I'm going to say San Francisco pulls off an upset here, makes it to the Super Bowl, and they lose to Buffalo in the Super Bowl. I think that would be a really good matchup, and I think ultimately Buffalo will win. Uh, but that's my Super Bowl pick, and now we move on. Yeah, just a, real York quick before we uh, – just look at the games next week. I mean, you, you don't have a bad game. So uh, we go from teams that are actually in the playoff run slash trying to make a Super Bowl to a team that has been downright putrid uh, for the past five years. I would say a team that we all three love um, in the New York football giants who are in a position right now where they're trying to find a new general manager, a new head coach because it clearly didn't work out this year and it hasn't worked out for the past two head coaches in McAdoo and Shermer, even Spagnolo when he took over for Coughlin, didn't work out ultimately. So the Giants are starting off fresh. They're getting rid of the worst GM in probably NFL history and Dave Gettleman, um, Mr. Fake Boston Accent. And who do you guys <laughs> want the Giants GM to be? Now, they just finished up, I believe, all nine of their um, interviews for GM positions. You got uh, Joe Shane from Buffalo, Adrian Wilson from Arizona, Quentin Harris from Arizona, Ryan Poles from Kansas City, Ryan Cowlin from Tennessee, Monty Ossenfor from Tennessee, Joe Hortiz from uh, Baltimore, uh, Ryan Carthen from San Francisco and Adam Peters from San Francisco. All of the guys probably have head coaches that they're trying to um, bring with them, ultimately maybe from the team that they're coming from or maybe a coach that they had a connection with in the past. Um, I'll let you guys start off first. Who, what is the best pairing or pairing that you believe can get this Giants out, this rut they've been in the past five years where – they have been on the complete bottom of the barrel of the NFL. So who do you guys want to see as GM? Uh, I have two options. They're both good options. I'm liking, I think, I don't want to say the most likely because I don't know if the coach is going to come with, but Joe Shane and Brian Dabble is probably my ideal candidacy. I think it's the most realistic. Even though Dabble, I know, he has introduced with Chicago, and that's the thing with the Giants is that – doing their GM search first, that all these coaching candidates might be gone by the time they get to the coaching interviews. So I'm going to say Shane and Dabble is my ideal pick, but right behind them, I think 1A and 1B is Adam Peters and Mike McDaniel, the running game coordinator for the 49ers. Uh, cut from the same call to Sean McVay. They were both uh, assistants on their Redskins staff. Sean McVay was on the staff. Kyle Shanahan was on the staff. And Mike McDaniel was on the staff. They all work together. I think you've seen San Francisco have a lot of success with their outside run game, losing play action to thrive off that, mm -hmm. getting open receivers, scheming players open without having the best talent. I would love Mike McDaniel, Adam Peters to bring that sort of thing. And Adam Peters, I've read, read a lot of articles. He's been credited with a lot of the San Francisco's picks recently. Uh, I mean, drafting guys like Ambry Thomas, drafting guys like uh, Jawan Jennings, who's their number two receiver right now behind Samuel, sometimes number one when Samuel plays running back. Uh, you know, drafting Debo Samuel, uh, trading up for Trey Lance, getting Elijah Mitchell. I like that pairing of Peters and McDaniel because I think, you know, it's time for the Giants to start new, reinvigorate this. I mean, I think uh, either one of those things, I mean, and the, the performances by both of them are great. Dabo put up 47 points on the best defense in the league, basically coming into the playoffs. And uh, 49ers ran pretty well against Dallas yesterday. I would be okay with either of those pairings. So, Shane Dabo or give me Peters and McDaniel. Okay. I like those pairings. What do you think, Dad? I think the the Shane Dabo is probably what's going to happen. If you had like the bet, I would probably think that's the favorite mm -hmm. uh, right now because he's, you know, the buttoned up type of guy. You got to remember what the thing with Shane. He's, they went to Buffalo and they basically reinvented the way they did things down there as far as analytics the way they viewed college players, the way they scouted, the way they drafted. Yeah. He's the one really one of the only guys I see on this who actually had to build a system from the ground up. So I think that's probably why he's probably the favorite, which is what the Giants need. My dark horse, who I would probably want, would probably be the guy from uh uh Baltimore, Joe Hortiz. Yeah. And maybe like a coach would probably be Gregory Roman. Uh he's the offense coordinator of Baltimore Ravens. You know, think about what they've done. I mean the Ravens are always good. 
Uh, he learned underneath the wing of Ozzie Newsom, who's probably the best GM over the last 20, 25 years. Uh, uh, was a great tight end back when he played. And Roman has literally developed an offense built. I mean, they, they changed the way they ran an entire team based on the quarterback they had. True. They adapted to the kid, mm-hmm. even though he got hurt this year. Uh, and I think that, me personally, I would take that pairing. I would take Hortiz and uh, and and Roman if uh, or Hortiz. I don't I don't I don't think the Giants are going to go personally for a defensive coordinator as a head coach like Martindale. Yeah, you don't finish thirty second in the league in offense two years in a row and then pick a defensive coordinator. Yeah, I just don't think that's going to happen. Uh, they're concerned about developing Jones. This is going to be the last year of his deal. I'm pretty sure nobody's going to pick up his fifth year option. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to be able to squeeze whatever you can out of him. I think they're going with an offensive coach no matter what. Um, I know Jacob loves Peters and uh, Mike. Uh, what's his name again? McDaniel. I just think he's too young. Uh, I looked. I saw an interview from him. He's a smart kid. He's a football. He knows football in and out. But to put that kid in charge of a 53-man roster where a lot of the players are going to be older than him, he's not. You know, I don't know. He he doesn't seem like the guy's going to be able to you know handle New York media press conferences. I don't know if he's built for that yet. Would I hire him as my office coordinator? Absolutely. Head coach? I don't know about that. Uh, but my my dark horse and my outside of Shane, if I could, one and one A, would be Hortiz and and Roman. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like at this point, I don't think the Giants can do really any wrong than where they were just at. So, I mean, a, a lot of these guys, as you see, they're all from winning organizations, which is great. Arizona's been great. Buffalo, Tennessee has been amazing, even with the lack of legit QB talent. I mean, Baltimore was in it to the end, even without Lamar Jackson. Um, Without J.K. Dobbins, without all the defense players that were at the corners, basically their whole roster was hurt. That's that's why I I, I kind of agree with that. I think Joe Ortiz would be my number one. I, I mean, I love Joe Shane. I think he's like right there too. Uh, I think just everyone talking about like Harbaugh saying like he would they would really miss out on Joe Ortiz because he's made such an impact on the roster and how it's built now. Like Baltimore had. Players coming off the practice squad, going on the field, and still playing extremely well against Green Bay, holding L- the Rams to twenty points. You know, you got to give them props. Um, I-, I think that would be my uh, GM candidate. I mean, the offense was terrible. Um, I agree. Um, it's I really can't really see them going the defensive route. But you know, Wing Martindale, you got to give him a lot of props. He's done a great job with Baltimore. I heard that he's a real fired-up type of guy. Him and Joe Ortiz would light a fire under the Giants and com- completely change the attitude of how they've been. A real, like you said, a real buttoned-up organization who likes to do stuff within the family. And I think signing Ortiz and, you know, a Wink, a Wink Martindale, or if they want to go a different route with Greg Roman, you're bringing uh, a whole different type of outlook to this Giants team that's really well needed at this point. Um, you know, Ryan Poles is an interesting name because it comes from Kansas City. Um, he would most likely bring the enemy with him, but the enemy has interviewed for a lot of head coaching jobs, and apparently he's just never gotten one yet. And Ryan Poles, former former offensive lineman, too. Yeah, so that, that, that would help a lot. Line. That would help a lot. You see how Kansas City flipped their whole offensive line in one year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would help a lot. But I mean, I don't, I don't know with uh, the enemy. Is he? a real legit head coaching a head coach or is it more Andy Reid's offense and you know he you know he gives the enemy kind of more of a free reign to run his offense or is it the enemy's offense Andy Reid kind of critiques and helps him out so I don't really know with that uh Austin Ford you know he comes from New England so I think you know if Joe Judge was still here I could have saw him as possibly the GM yeah I agree he would have been there with um you know, I think he's like fourth on the list, to be honest, right now. Yeah, I don't think he's really contention. If he came in, I think he would probably bring Brian Flores with him, just because they come. Yeah, I don't. I don't see him going on the Flores route, to be honest. Another coach doesn't. Out of Belichick, specific. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just don't know how you could sell Flores after you just. I mean, I would judge yeah. for doing the same thing, but yeah, I think he it would be a very interesting. There's only literally one black coach right now in the NFL, which is kind of crazy uh, to think about. Um, but it, it it would be kind of a change in um you know and it definitely a change in perspective and how they do things with the Giants with a lot of these candidates when it comes to GM. But like I said, I think Joe Hortiz and if he brings either Greg Roman or Wynn Martindale, I'll be down for that. And I then think, it's Joe Shane and 
Brian yeah. Dabble as the, the second ones because, you know, if Dabble – but there's also a possibility that Dabble don't want to come coach the Giants. And That's it could be Leslie Frazier that he tries to bring in. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe Dabble loves Fields. Yep, that could be another. I think. They I think go to, they go to Chicago. Yeah, I, I think. I, I think the one guy. I think he needs to watch out for Ryan Pulse here because I think the one super coach I've told that you and Dad is Doug Peterson. I think you guys both need to watch out for Doug Peterson, and there's two reasons why. He's been a head coach before. I think John Mayer is going to be a little hesitant to hire another first-time head coach after what he just went through That's three times way. with McAdoo. Shermer was a high coach before. He was a bad head coach with the Browns, and they still hired him. Don't know why. One of the worst highs in history. Uh, <laughs> Judge, first time head coach. I think Doug Peterson's a real super here. I don't know why. I think a lot of people think he's a bad coach when I really don't think he is. The Eagles were top 15 in points per game every time he was coaching, running the offense. 2017, when they won the Super Bowl, they were ranked third in offense. They went 13-3. and three. Uh, He made Carson Wentz look amazing. No, let's not discount that. Carson Wentz is terrible now. Uh, he made him look great. Uh, he, I still think he's top five offensive mind in football. He learned from Andy Reid, who's probably the best offensive mind in football. And Doug Peterson being from that Kansas City route with Reid, Ryan Poles being from Kansas City, I wouldn't be surprised if a potential tandem would be Poles and Peterson as a potential GM head coach pairing. And I would be down for it. I mean, I think Peterson knows how to run an offense. He did it with the Eagles. With Carson Wentz, see what he could do with Jones. I wouldn't be too mad at that. I know a lot of Giant fans would be, but I'll be down for Peterson. All right, so the Giants just finished their uh, – supposedly they had nine interviews for GM. They just finished the last one, mm-hmm. which was Peters right after Cawthon, which yep. is Maurice Cawthon's son. Uh, you're going to know – this is they're going to narrow this down now. I think next week you're going to probably have your pick for GM. Yeah, you got to have – I think you got to have – I think you got to have by Friday. You're going to start Friday, hearing rumors Saturday. now. I think you're going to actually start hearing rumors now who their favorites are. It's going to come down. They're going to have a couple guys come in. Coming for a second first meeting. Yeah. All right, so right now, let's just get this out the way before we move on. Top three, Eli, who's your top three right now, GM? Uh, Forget about head coach. Yeah, so the probably GM. Shane. Um, probably, I would say they're probably, in my opinion, based on the Giants, it'd probably be Shane from Buffalo, Ortiz from Baltimore, and probably Peters from San Francisco. Those are the three. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think I agree with that. Shane. Ortiz and I uh, I don't know if it's Peters or Pose, but if yeah, I was to do a top four, it would do Peters, Pose, and any one of those two, three, and four positions. But my top two definitely is Shane and Ortiz. Listen, I think it's just what you said. I think you can interchange uh, Pose and Peters. Yeah. The problem is the real question is what the Giants think, right? Uh, I, uh, a team that's looking to really turn things over would have Peters in their top three because yeah. he's an innovative young type of guy who's help build rosters in San Francisco. Uh, but again, I don't know how deep the question is, how deep are the giants willing to go as far as cleaning up the mess that they have? Are they really, they need a guy to come in. Who's going to tell them what they don't want to hear, not what they want to hear. That's very true. Yeah. So uh, the question is how deep do they want to go in fixing this? Do they feel they need to rip the bandaid off and go deep or are they still hesitant? Remember the giants, one of the things the giants, people don't talk about with them is the fact that they are very involved with football decisions. The Giants mm-hmm. are the one team in the, one of the teams in the NFL that actually the owners don't have an outside income source. The owners of this team income is the football team. Which is why they're so inclusive into what's going on. With right. The so what you got to remember, they, they're going to be involved now. They don't get as much flack as Jerry Jones and his son, Steven. Yep. But they're just as involved, but they're just not as boisterous. Yeah. So people don't give them a lot of criticism for it. And I think the difference between Jones and uh, Mara is that the Cowboys constantly win. And the regular, they, they have playoff appearances the Giants don't. And so Jones, is, Jones is always out there talking. You yeah. know, he does yeah. deals with, you know, he, he always does. He always goes against the grain, whether it's the Coke and Pepsi deal where, you know, the NFL is sponsoring one flavor soda. And he's he does. He says, the hell with you. I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. He's, he's a maverick like that. So uh, people – hit on Jones because he's outspoken, but Mara is just as involved in stuff. People need to understand that. So. Yeah, the taunting penalty was – the taunting, which was a lot of people have backlash to that. I do too. Mara was the one that instituted the taunting penalty this year, which affected the outcomes of a lot of games, including the Giants' own game against Kansas City. I don't know if you guys remember when Elijah Penny, he caught a first down, oh, yeah. and he pointed at the Chiefs player, and the Giants lost 15 yards that they would have gained from that, and the Giants, that was a big play, and I made them lose that game in Kansas City on Monday night. You see John Mara has his hand involved in a lot of things like that. So we're going to see. I think, like I said, just to end this, this segment on the GM, you're going to hear today's Monday we're recording this. Uh, 
you're going to hear within the next, I would say, 48, yeah. 72 hours of who's the lead candidate. Who are the finalists? Who's going to be? I mean, I think we'll know by the end of the week who's, who's going to be the GM. Yeah, I would think so. If it's not going to be officially reported, I feel like you're going to see the Renans, the, uh, everyone, you know, all these uh, Giants reporters, the Paul Leonard's come out with, you know, who, who they believe is the ultimately finalist or person that's expected to be the GM. Um, which is very interesting. So let's say the GM gets picked. Let's see the head coach. I mean, this is going to be tough to really answer because we don't, you know, you want to know who the GM is, who is the uh, head coach. Um, but what kind of offseason moves would you like them to do? What do you expect? I mean, this is a really interesting question. I mean, again, with the new GM and the new head coach, they can go with so many different routes. They can decide, listen, I don't think Daniel Jones is the quarterback. And I think we need to bring in our own young quarterback and we're going to develop. And when Daniel Jones, we'll let Daniel Jones ride it out, compete for the quarterback position, maybe with another veteran. Maybe you sign a Mariota. Maybe you go after a a Trubitsky or you go after a a Bridgewater or um, a Winston. You know, like I think that's a possibility. And I would like to see that happen. I think the Giants should go after, like, I'm not saying use uh, the, uh, one of your two first round picks on a quarterback, but I would like to see them draft one, possibly second, third round, maybe bring in some competition for Daniel Jones and just be like, Hey Jones, listen, don't just assume that this is your, this is your position to keep at the end of the day. Like we'll evaluate you. We're giving you another shot to win the QB job, but they need to bring in some legit competition because Daniel Jones hasn't proved anything in this league. Unfortunately, he hasn't been consistent, turns the ball over. And biggest thing, the guy's not available. The guy's been injured every single year, whether it be neck, ankle, you know, a various amount of concussions. He's had a various amount of injuries that have uh, really caused him to lose time and caused the Giants to lose some games here uh, down the stretch. So we don't know what Daniel Jones ultimately is. I think that they need to bring in some type of quarterback in the draft, you know, so like someone young, you know, it doesn't have to be in the first round. Like I said, it doesn't have to be a, a picket. Um, or uh, Riddler from Cincinnati, um, at East Lakers, or a Malik Willis. I would go after maybe, you know, a Sam Howell, you know, so just looking to the quarterbacks in the later rounds, second, third, fourth round, bringing some competition, and then also bringing a veteran quarterback because quarterback means such a big difference. Like, yes, they need a fixed offensive line. Yes, they need some pass rushers. That's what I would use possibly with the first two picks in the draft. Or if that's not available, if you don't think there's a pass rusher offensive lineman available, don't force picky here. Try to trade back, which is what Gettleman didn't do until last year. You see the Joe Judge influence on that. I feel like if Joe Judge didn't come in, I don't think the Giants would have ever trade back in the first place. Dave Gettleman's never did it. So I would say, you know, if you if the player you want is not available, trade back, get some more assets. Because um, one thing they said about Baltimore is, if you saw, I saw a tweet that said that Baltimore has had way, they compared the Giants and uh, Baltimore's picks round by round, and Baltimore has had way more uh, dark sh- shot, you know, in the later rounds than the Giants have, and that has equaled the Baltimore bringing players that do make an impact on the game. And I feel like if the Giants can get, uh, you know, if they're moving back a couple spots to get a third round, their fourth round, their fifth round, they can use that to kind of try to, put more bodies at, at, at their problems here because their their defense is solid. It's just, you know, they need some pass rush. They got, they got, you know, a good back end of the defense. Linebackers are okay, questionable at best, you know, like they need Blake Martinez to come back healthy. Who knows if that's going to occur. You're going to, unless you do something with Leonard Williams, he's on the D line. You got Dexter Lawrence there. You got two pretty much big body run stuffers. You need, you got Aziz Ojalari had a great rookie year. What do you who you bring next to him on the other side is a big question. Um, but what do you guys think? What, what kind of off off season moves would you like them to do, and ultimately, what do you expect them to do? Yeah, I'm looking at the. I think you got to get a backup quarterback. I mean, I can't even say a backup. Uh, you have to get a quarterback to compete with Daniel Jones. Looking at the backup quarterbacks now, you have guys like Andy Dalton. I guess you could bring in uh, Tyrod Taylor. Jameis Winston, J- um, Jacoby Brissett, Bridgewater, Mariota. I mean, you got to bring one of these guys in. Uh, if Joe Shane gets hired as GM, I think you could be seeing Trubisky or Taylor being brought in for the Giants, former Buffalo quarterbacks, both of them. Well, Trubisky quarterback right now, but yeah. Shane has experience working with both of them. 
Uh, you know, I think they need to sign one of these guys. I mean, you can't go into next season with Daniel Jones and Mike Glennon again. Definitely not. Glennon's gone. But you need to have a quarterback that's able to compete with Jones to a level where it's like there should be a quarterback competition in training camp. There needs to be a quarterback competition. I know Jones will probably be the starter, but in my mind, he hasn't done anything to prove to me that he's a starting quarterback in this league. He's always hurt. He doesn't throw enough touchdowns. He throws too many turnovers, fumbles the ball too much, throws a lot of interceptions. I mean, I mean, next year you're looking at probably getting another quarterback. I still think they should look into trading for Wilson, but I think uh, that idea is kind of soured over the past couple weeks. I think Wilson will probably stay with Seattle. Uh, you got to get quarterback competition. And my main thing for agency is to just get depth. You don't have money where you can spend on a top receiver or a top tight end or a top alignment. You're going to have to get depth. You're going to have to find guys. You might have to trade for people. You might have to trade for offensive line like the Chiefs did this year, like the Patriots did. You're going to have to trade for offensive linemen. I mean, it's you have basically little to no money. I know the salary cap is very flexible. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants still sign one, not big name, but one period where you're, where you're not expecting them to spend a lot of money. I think they'll be able to cut some contracts. You have guys like Blake Martinez. All the guys that were signed by Gettleman two years ago in free agency are subject to be either traded or cut. Mm-hmm. Martinez, Bradbury, uh, guys that were drafted, Barkley, Jones, Galladay even, who was just signed last year. You could be looking at potential trade for Galladay. You know, there's the, the, things are very, very interchangeable right now. I think Logan Ryan potentially – I just don't think Giants have to go into this free agency offseason period. You have to get depth. You need to prioritize the quarterback to compete with Daniel Jones. And for the draft, I mean, it has to be offensive line and defensive line. You have to work on the lines. Uh, you got to get a Evan Neal or a tackle. I forgot. I don't know what I say. Charles name. Cross. Charles Cross or Ikem Alafonuanu, yeah. however you say his name. Yeah. He's good too. You got to maybe look at Tyler Linderbaum. Uh, you got to get one of these edge rushers. Uh, you're probably not going to get Thibodeau or, or Hutchison, but the edge rusher from Purdue is really oh, good. Gosh. Yeah, edge edge rushers come from all over. I mean, you're, the thing is it's so hard to find a blue chip top stud edge rusher where it's like if it's not Thibodeau or Hutchison or they got from Purdue, you're looking at another Aziz Ojolari situation who wasn't bad, wasn't good. He's kind of solid, kind of an average player, kind of a meh. So I think, again, prioritizing pass rush, offensive line, I wouldn't be I think all – they have two first rounders, all their a second round and third. Their top four picks need to be offensive line <clears throat> and edge rush. It has to be all that in that term. So, uh, in my opinion, for free agency, prioritize quarterback competition for Jones, get some backup players at key positions, and for the draft, add to the offensive line and defensive line. Yeah, I think I agree with the, the Jones uh, commentary that. Uh... He's ba- just injured based on injuries alone. You gotta you gotta basically find a decent backup. Mm-hmm. Just if you take the injuries in the equation just by themselves, if you add in the ineffective play, which I think a lot of it is to do with the offensive line, but I also don't think uh, Jones is any. He's not a superstar quarterback. I think his ceiling is probably like a Ryan Tannehill, where you know he uh, you know who's a guy who has a lot of stuff around him, who has an offensive line, who has a running game, he can be effective. Uh, but he's not a superstar. He's not, you know, the kid from the Chargers. He's not, you know, Joe Burrow. That's mm-hmm. just not what he is. He's not one of those guys. Um, so, yeah, I don't think he deserves the keys to the city anymore. He basically is going to have to fight for everything he gets. He's probably on the last year of his deal. Let's see what happens. And uh, as far as the, the, the team goes, I would, I would, I, they have five picks in the top 81, uh, uh, two first rounds, a second and two thirds. I would just I would literally take every single one of those picks and invest it in the trenches, which is either offensive or pass offensive line or pass rushes. Uh, you're gonna have to do that no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you have Russell Wilson, where you no matter what quarterback you have next year, you're gonna have to invest in those lines. So don't trade any of your capital for any uh, veteran quarterback. I don't think that's what the Giants are. No. You know, Russell Wilson is gonna leave one team with a bad offensive line and just come to another one with a bad offensive line. Yeah, I think I was for that. I was. You know, if you would have asked me this question six to eight weeks ago, I'd have been like, yeah, let's go after Wilson. But I just think that they're, they're so behind. There's not one position group on the offense that you can feel comfortable with the Giants right now. Nope, not at all. There's literally not one position group. The offensive line needs four starters. The wide receivers, even though the names look good, they're always all injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, they literally don't have a tight end for next year. Ingram's a free agent. so And Rudolph is going to get cut. 
Yeah. Who do you got? Caden Smith. I mean, yeah. the running Bird. backs, they need youth in there. They need, you know, Devin Book is, you know, 30 something years old or 30 years old. Yep. Barkley, you don't know what you're going to get from him. He may give you 16 games, he may give you four. So, I mean, they, they literally don't have a position group on offense that doesn't need to be addressed. I think their secondary is a strength on the defense. I think their interior tackles are a strength on defense with Lawrence and, and Leonard Williams. And Ojolari is a nice player, but Ojolari is not a premier pass rusher. He's a second mm. fiddle type yep. of guy. So, I mean, they, outside of a, I think, again, their secondary doesn't probably need a lot of investments, but they, you could literally use five straight picks on offense this year and, and nobody would blink an eye. No, I, I honestly think that you could use any position they go besides maybe corner and safety. I, I wouldn't really complain about tight end, even if I, as long as they don't pick them in the first round. Obviously, you go tight end, running back, third, fourth round. I, I'm like, oh, they're going to need that. Because you, Marcus, you can receiver, receiver has to receivers be another Receivers are very you have, underrated position. You have Kenny Galladay is always hurt. Kadarius Tony always hurt. Who do you have? Sterling Shepard's coming off a tour. Sterling Shepard won't even play next season. I don't even know if he's going to be on the He's not. He tore his Achilles in December. He's probably going to get cut. Slayton can't catch the ball. Slayton, who's not good. I mean, who do you have behind those guys? John Ross, who signed him to a one-year deal, and he's not even that good. He's another guy who's never on the field. I just don't know what they're going to do a receiver. I mean, you're going to run it back with Galladay and Tony and hope they can stay healthy, but realistically, they probably won't. So I don't know what their plans are there either. And this isn't exactly the draft of skill positions anyway. I think the strength of this draft is – on the lines, yeah. On the offensive, I I just think every draft, player. every draft, you're able to find players wide receiver and running back. No, no matter what round, fifth, sixth round, you'll find a good receiver or a good running back. I well, think that's where you need to. to. Yeah, that's that's where you need to invest. And in. I mean, it's, you go back they have no them. money this year. You got to understand the, the the draft picks that they have are their free agents this year. That's true. You understand they have no money. Nope. Even if they cut guys to create money, they're going to pay for that down the road. Mm-hmm. So I think. The smart thing to do with whoever GM comes in here. That's why I actually said a couple of weeks ago, I didn't think keeping Judge for one more year was that big of a deal. I think get a new GM, but keep Judge because they this team is going to pretty much look the same next year. I mean, you're not cutting Kenny Galladay and and, and taking a twenty eight million dollar cap hit. That's true. You're not cutting Leonard Williams and taking a thirty million dollar cap hit. You're going to let these guys play out, let their contracts run down the line another year or two, and then make those decisions. Yep. So this team is going to be pretty much the same next year outside of a move or two in free agency and their draft picks. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I agree with that completely. It's going to be tough to move these pieces. I think whoever you can get trade value for, I would go for it at this point, especially on the defensive. Like if you could get a third round pick, you know, for some of these dudes that you signed, the Logan Ryans, the James Bradbury's, I don't know. I don't know if you wouldn't consider doing that, especially with a new GM. You know, you want to kind of have a refreshed mind. You want to have, like I said, multiple shots at the dartboard. You know, so you, you you the more shots you got, the more guaranteed you're going to be able to hit, you know, near the middle or, you know, get a good, perfect hit on a, um, on a player here. Uh, so should be uh, very interesting to see what the Giants do ultimately in the offseason. Uh, so one last question for you guys before I let you guys go here. Um who has a better shot at making the playoff run in the next three years? The Jets or the Giants? Dad, you go first since you haven't started. I think probably the Jets right now, you would say that because of the fact that they have a, a young quarterback who, even though it was increments, who improved a little bit down the stretch, and they actually have a head coach. They have a GM. I mean, we don't have a GM and a head coach yet. Nope. So, I mean <laughs> – so, I mean, I would think right now for the fact that you know for a fact the Jets, at the very least, are going to invest in their young quarterback over the next two years. And they got a lot of money to spend, too. At the very least, they're going to do that. So, in theory, in theory, they should be better prepared to succeed in the short term. Uh, I would – the Giants, again, could they turn it around? Again, this is the NFL. This isn't baseball – you know, where you're drafting a 16-year-old or a 15-year-old out of Venezuela and waiting, you know, eight years for him to come up. Yep. Teams go quickly. They move quickly. They can turn around quickly. So could the Giants be competitive next year? Absolutely. I mean, who's in the division? The, the Redskins stink. They don't have a quarterback. The Eagles stink. They don't have a quarterback. And the Cowboys, even when they when they when the when the when the lights hit, they can't put it together. Yep. So would it be crazy to say next year the Giants go nine and eight? If they stay healthy and, and, and contend for a seventh seed, yep. that's not out of the realm of possibility. You know, if, if a guy comes in here and addresses the offensive line, they got an offensive line, they can run the ball a little. So I would say probably the Jets, but again, Giants are right there with them. I think they're, they're in two different 
uh, uh, phases of the football team as far as uh, planning and quarterback goes. But as far as competing, you know, they're right there with each other. So I would say Jets right now, but Giants are right there with them. Okay. Uh, I was thinking the Jets. I'm going to still say the Jets. Uh, I took it. Uh, I'm going to – their players right now, Zach Wilson, Daniel Jones, I guess, cancel each other out. But you have guys at running back, Michael Carter, who right now, right now I would say Michael Carter is better, if not equal, to how Saquon is right now. Uh, you have Elijah Moore, receiver. You have Corey Davis. Uh, so have Denzel Mims, Jameson Crowder, Braxton Berrios. Uh on defense, they have a lot. They have uh, Brandon Echols at corner, Bryce Hall. Uh, they still have Marcus May. And uh, not forget their O-line. I think the Jets' O-line is very underrated with Makai Becton, Morgan Moses, George Fant. I think the Jets just have, especially on offense, definitely on offense, I think next year you can see the Jets as one of those sneaky teams where you're like, the Jets are averaging 23, 24 points a game, and they shock you, and they go, Seven and ten, or eight and nine, mm-hmm. and they're in it until like week sixteen, week fifteen. I think you're gonna see improvement from the Jets. I like Robert Sala. I think I think he's a good coach. Uh, the Jets defense, I think, was also very underrated this year. Uh, they put up fights against Tampa at home. They should have won that game. Uh, they put up a fight against Buffalo that last week, where Buffalo needed that game. I think I think the Jets are gonna be set up to be. More successful in the future. I'm, I'm not going to say much more because I still think the Giants have talent. They have McKinney. They have Andrew Thomas. They have Bradbury, still Dory Jackson. I'm not going to say, but I think the Jets are important. And prob- Jets are more serviceable in the positions where it's offensive line. The Jets are more serviceable. Quarterback, I think that it cancels out. But Zach Wilson, I think right now, is probably better than Daniel Jones. Uh, they are more serviceable at running back. Receivers, basically, they're more serviceable because they actually have guys that can stay healthy and play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, their defenses are washed, but I'm going to say the Jets for now just because I think they got they got their start a year earlier than the Giants. They signed solid. They signed Joe Douglas two years ago. So I think they were able to start their rebuild earlier, so they'll be able to be successful earlier. But I can see the Jets, like, the Jets going 10-7 and 7 in 2024 and the Giants to go 9-8 and 8 in 2024 and – They'll be right with each other, but I'm going to say the Jets are going to be successful just because they started their rebuild early and they have a better crop of players right now. Uh, so it's it, it's, a, it's a tough question because, you know, they, like you said, the Jets are, you know, a year ahead in the rebuild. They got their quarterback or they believe they got their quarterback. They believe they got their head coach. Um, for me, I think it's the Giants only because their division is more questionable than the Jets' division. Like, you know, New England's going to be good. They they proved it this year. They got a good quarterback, good defense. Buffalo is really good. They got their quarterback, defense, and offense is great. Then you got Miami, who's competitive throughout the whole year. They were what one and seven or one and eight, and they won their last seven straight. So they were in the playoffs till you know in the playoff run until almost the very end. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if they you know if they're competing. So I think it's going to be extremely tough for the Jets to really compete in their division, and that's the easiest way to make the playoffs. Um, and, you know, like the Giants, you know, like like both you guys said, you know, it could be a flip of the switch. In the NFL, it's not really like you could be bad one year and then flip it completely and be a solid, you know, 500 team. Um, I think with the Giants division, it's way more questionable. They got Washington, who's, again, don't have a quarterback. Dallas, who's good, but, again, under the lights, you know, you don't know which Dallas team you're going to get. Philly, you know, they're, they're another questionable team. You know, you got Hurts, but is he really the answer at quarterback? You got a good run game, but, you know, again, their defensive players are aging by the year. You know, the Fletcher Cox, um, you know, the the Sweats, um, you know, the Slays, you know, how much more really great years do they have on that team? And I think the Eagles are one of the more progressive teams in the NFL because they're always competing uh, for the playoffs every single year, seems like. On a, on a year where they, you think they're going to have a down year, they don't really have a down year. Um, so I, I, I think, in my opinion, it's going to be – I would choose the Giants in this question. I think the Jets have a really bright future. Um, you know, Zach Wilson played well down, you know, as the season progressed. But, um, you know, who knows? You know, because Sam Darnold kind of did the same thing with the Jets a couple years back when they thought, oh, yeah, he played really well. And you thought it would carry on to the next year, and it didn't. 
Um, you know, the Jets kind of have a little bit of bad luck right now, and hopefully it turns around for them. Uh, but for me, in my opinion, I think I think the Giants would be the one that has a better shot of winning in mm-hmm. the playoff run in the next three years. All right. Uh, so is there anything else you guys wanted to say before we end this podcast? Uh, I'm going to say that uh, as the Giants embark on this rebuild that I think should be a full rebuild, it's not I I it's not hard to it shouldn't take long if it's done correctly. Bengals proved that. Even the Eagles who are still rebuilding this year. Their the, the Eagles roster is not that great, but you see what the Eagles had is a good offensive line and a good defensive line and a good scheme. That's what that that that's all you need to be successful in the NFL. I mean you had a lot of people writing the Eagles off. I thought they were gonna be the worst team in the division, but I was I tend to forget that their whole line is probably top five in the league with Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, uh, and all those guys together. It's another team in, in rebuild. Rebuild should not take long if they're done correctly. The Eagles, probably in year one of their rebuild, made the playoffs as a 7 where they lost. But I'm telling you right now, that playoff experience for that young team is going to be more important than a week 18 garbage game, which meant nothing to them. Mm-hmm. I think the Bengals, again, showed it. Uh, Bengals and Eagles, I think the Giants should take notes from both of them as to how you win as you're trying to rebuild, as Dave Gutterman tried to say when he first uh, came here. So I think the rebuild, if done correctly, shouldn't be that long. Hopefully we see some Giants playoff action soon. I think what you see in the NFL now is with the, the league is pushing offense. You know, they're pushing offense, they're pushing offense. A lot of the rules are catered to the offensive side of the ball. Uh, it, it basically, it, it's almost becoming like the NBA, where the NBA, if you don't have a superstar player, it's really hard for you to compete. Mm-hmm. The NFL is getting to that point right now where if you don't have a good quarterback, it's really hard for you to compete. And until you find that quarterback, I mean, you keep searching. Uh, I remember back in the days in the 90s, I, I don't know if it was Bill Walsh or if it was uh, 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 Ron Wolf or one of the guys from Green Bay who felt that they every year they would draft a quarterback just because they felt that it was necessary to – not only for competition, but to see if you can always find one. They always knew. They were ahead of the game as far as knowing how important the quarterback position was. And that's emphasized now in football. I mean, if you don't have one, you're on a continuous, you know, infinite search for one. And that's basically the way it is. And uh, as far as our hometown team, the Giants, I think that's where they're at. Yeah. You know, so that's about it. And I'm looking forward to our Nick game tomorrow, too, by the way. Let's go Knicks, baby. Um but yeah, that's that's all I really have. I mean, you know, let's see if the Giants uh, can turn it around. Ultimately, um, New York sports has kind of been disappointing and sad. I mean, the New York Rangers are playing well in hockey, which is really good. Uh, but you know, it's basketball has been. I mean, Brooklyn is could win a championship this year. Who knows? Uh, the Knicks have been you know better as of late, uh, but they just got blown out today. So who knows? Uh, going to the Knicks game tomorrow. So let's see if we can bring them some good luck and a victory. Uh, but uh, besides that, it was a pleasure to speak to you guys. And dinner on you, Eli, don't forget. Yes, Chick-fil-A on me tomorrow. Easy, us. Chick-fil-A. I was thinking more like, you know, Morton Steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, um, yes, dinner on me tomorrow. But uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. And I uh, hope everyone has a good night, has a good week. And I'll speak to you guys next week. And uh, it's been a pleasure. Peace out.